What a beautiful breaking of bread that was. That was a blessing. You know, on behalf of Sherry and me and the family and my brother Bruce, many of you know Bruce, my brother, thank you for the prayers for uh, his daughter Julie. She had a tumor bigger than a cantaloupe. And it was a very extensive surgery. The surgery went well. And just please, uh, thanks for your prayers as she starts chemo in, in a few weeks. She is a special little girl. When uh, she was about 10, my brother's a retired firefighter. She had a seizure in a swimming pool. And my brother did CPR on her for a long time, maybe 15 or 20 minutes. So she suffered some damage from that, but now she's well into her 30s and she's been with us every day. She has a defibrillator. And <clears throat> it was cute. Uh, we'd check in on her and Anne, her mom, would say, Julie would ask her, how many, Mom, how many people are praying for me today? And one day she said, well, Brad and Sherry's whole church is praying and, and that, that pleased her. So thanks again for that. <clears throat> And uh, just going to lift up uh, this message in prayer. Heavenly Father, oh, we just thank you. Thank you for the beautiful service we had, sharing about the love you do have for us, Lord. I just pray for this message. May you give me the words to put out, and may it just glorify you today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so I'm going to talk about AI today. And I came across this while I was reading in Joshua. AI is artificial intelligence. It's when computers and machines do the work that humans normally do. And another term for it is machine learning. All those things that our devices do for us. And a lot of jobs are being lost by that, by the way. And there'll be way more in the future. We see cars being built on the assembly line by robots. And then you can watch it, and they're painting the vehicle in a perfect manner every time. No runs, no sags, no holidays. And another car will come through, and they'll paint that one the exact same way. And <clears throat> many jobs are endangered species. Remember the bridge toll takers. You go across the bridge, you hand them your five or six dollars. Now, you don't have to handle any coins. You go through the transponder, reads your fast track, it beeps. You go through the fast track server, deducts $6 from your account. You go over the bridge a few times and you get a text that says, we just drew another $50 and put it in your account. All this is done without touching any money, ever going to the bank. And from our phones and watches, think about all the things you can do. <clears throat> Open doors, turn on lights, sprinklers, <clears throat> adjust the temperature in your home. Um, they can even bug you sometimes. They'll, they'll say, get up and move and stretch, walk around. You're walking less than you did last week. Get more sleep. And then... Uh, I know some of us in here use it. It'll tell you uh, your, your heart readings and your pulse and so many, so many things. I got a message from a friend one night, and it said your friend, I won't mention the name, fell, and I had to check in on my friend. He was okay, and he did fall. The watch told me that he fell. 
And the ultimate example of me to trusting and relying on tech, I'm not there yet, is people that buy vehicles that completely drive themselves. It's amazing. I don't have that much trust. And now we're reading about, I don't think people are ready for this yet, but we have planes that can take off land and fly on their own, and they're supposed to be safer than if you had pilots in there. <clears throat> in Pleasanton, one neighborhood, you can order groceries from the market, and it will come to your house <clears throat> in a robot with a flag on it, just driving around. So <clears throat> all of this stuff is really convenient. But there's glitches when something goes wrong. These things take forever to straighten out. Sometimes, this is one key point I have, sometimes we can over-rely on these systems and the people that make them. You can go onto YouTube and see these Teslas hitting other objects. One man was killed in Cupertino when it ran into a gore point. It got fooled by some things on the roadway, and that man was killed. So, if we over-rely on things controlled by others, get complacent, take things for granted, or misplace our trust, it can be disastrous. That's why the name of this thing today is rely on the Lord only. <clears throat> Allergies. <clears throat> You know, y'all know the story probably. I'm going to skim over some of it. <clears throat> Joshua succeeded Moses, <clears throat> and then the Lord prepared the nation to take the promised land. He told five things to Joshua. He said, "Give orders to the <clears throat> to the people when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Le the Levitical priest carrying it." You are to move out from your positions and follow it. Consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things for you. Today I will begin to exalt you in the eye of all Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And this is how you know that the living God is among you, and he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Hezerites, Girishites, Amorites, and Jebusites. So Joshua, the warrior that he was, began by sending out spies to scout the very fortified city of Jericho. <clears throat> the spies returned with this report in Joshua 2.24. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. And Joshua, with the priests and the ark, led the Israelites across the Jordan. You know the story. Pretty high river, as I understand it. But the Lord miraculously receded, allowing them to pass on dry ground. Then they began the process to take the land the Lord had promised to their ancestors. They moved forward and camped at Jericho. Joshua 6.2 <clears throat> says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, 
See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. So there's no doubt they are in the Lord's will, and they're following his plan. And what a plan it was. Only the Lord could devise a plan like this. Randy spoke about it one day, and we most of us know the story. The armed men were to march around once for six days around the perimeter of the city. Then on the seventh day, the priest, with trumpet sounding, and the ark and the army marched around the city seven times. On the seventh time, Joshua commanded them, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. They did. They obeyed the Lord's plan fully. The walls collapsed. The city was destroyed, and the army went in and followed the Lord's commands, which were very specific. They killed all except Rahab. We know about Rahab and the family. All except her and her family. They burned the city, and this is important too. They put the sacred objects in the Lord's house as he commanded them to do in that chapter. Now, it's almost a perfect story. Joshua's fame expanded throughout the land. But the children of Israel committed a trespass. A man named Achan secretly took some of the sacred objects, a royal robe, gold and silver, and he hid them. And this sin cost them dearly. One man's sin, just as in the church, in our families, one man's sin can affect many. So now, and it doesn't say how long time passed between Jericho and A, the other AI. This is not the artificial intelligence. It's a city called AI. We don't know if it's months, weeks, or years, or it doesn't say. So Joshua's next set his sights on this city. And he, like we do, we default to our memory sometimes, and he sent his spies out again. Worked last time, let's do it again. Just as he did with Jericho. It might have been the same group, it probably was. The same group of spies. So he sent them out. And what was not said this time, the Lord didn't say, I have given you AI in your hands, nor did he command him to go in and take the city. Joshua, basically, he's, do, he's doing this on his own now. So the spies came back, probably a little, little complacent. In Joshua 7, 3 to 5, it said, when they, the spies, returned to Joshua, they said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men and take it. And do not weary the whole army, for only a few people live there. What What a cocky attitude. They just defaulted to what happened before. Oh, this is a piece of cake. We'll do the same thing all over again. This time, only a third of us will have to go up. So about 3,000 men up, but they were routed by the men of Ai. Verse 5 who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. 
what a different result when we do things on our own accord and not consult the Lord and, and listen to uh, what the Lord wants us to do. So many things went wrong. They didn't pray to the Lord, seek him out before this attack. They remembered the blessing of Jericho, but they forgot the blesser where it came from. With Ai being a smaller city, no, no fortified walls to collapse. Joshua might have been overconfident, got caught up in his fame that had spread. He might have been complacent. And they totally underestimated the enemy. And this is the theme of the message. What was Joshua's only decision-making assist here was from the spies. He put all his faith in these spies. That's it. No praying. That's it. And he relied totally on them and their analysis, which was basically, we've been there, done that, and this will be easy. Since they did not seek the Lord, there was no victory assured this time. There was no battle plan. The plan was devised by men, and it wasn't much of a plan. Rest the army and just keep a third and just go straight in. What kind of plan is that? And they suffered a bitter, embarrassing defeat. They were forced to run away, the children of Israel, all this blessing and direction and gift from the Lord, and they ran away, they ran down the hill. Some of you seniors, like me, will remember Chris McKay, Jim McKay, the ABC Wired World of Sports. You remember that, Dave, right? <laughs> The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. And that's what they had. But, but also, not just going to the Lord and planning on it, but one of probably the biggest factors was there was now sin in the nation. Not just in Aiken's house, but it was infected the whole nation. So they were doomed to fail. And the people also probably were complacent. And now, what were they? They were in shock and feared for their lives. All of a sudden... They now realized that the enemy was emboldened and taking the land was not going to be any cakewalk. Joshua came to his senses, and in Joshua 7, 6, it says, Then, then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. Then elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. Sylvia spoke about this part in her devotion about two weeks ago. In Joshua 7, 10 to 13, the Lord said to Joshua, Stand up. What are you doing down there on your face? Israel had sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have put, they've stolen, and they have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. So sin after sin after sin. Go consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand until you're against your enemies until you remove them. 
What a horrible thing. If you would have anything you don't want to hear from the Lord, that would be about it. What a horrible thing to hear from the Lord, I will not be with you. That means we are out there on our own. A thorough investigation disclosed a thief, Aiken. He was arrested and the stolen island items were recovered. Achan ignored the Lord's previous command to Jericho not to take any of the devoted things for themselves. And if one did, that would bring destruction on the whole nation. So he was selfish, he was greedy, and he was tempted. And it had a huge price as he pays in uh, verse 24. Then Joshua, together with all Israel, took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold bar, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys and sheep, his tent and all that he had to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. Then all Israel stoned him, and after they had stoned him, the rest, they burned them. The Lord, we know, is sinless. He doesn't tolerate any sin. And Achan's sin affected the entire family and the whole nation of Israel, like it says in Galatians 5.9. A little leaven leavens the whole loaf. And everything was just going perfectly. The Lord gave his blessing. They crossed the Jordan. They put down the memorial stones. And that's when the enemy can strike, right? When we're on the top of the world, he striked, in this case, with temptation and greed, and which was not hideable because you can't hide anything from the Lord. He sees and knows it all. We need to always be on guard. And if, like this story told, if there's any unconfessed sin in our heart, we have to confess it and repent and get back. Because the Lord, the word says, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. This could happen to any of us at any time. So with that sin behind them, the Lord, as Sylvia said the other night, as he does with all of us when we fail and confess our sins, encourage the nation to try again, and this time with his plan. And with his plan, everything changes he starts in Joshua 8, 1 and 2, encouraging. The Lord said to Joshua, Don't be afraid, do not be discouraged. Take the whole army this time, not just a portion of it, with you and go up and attack Ai. For I had delivered you into the hands of the king, his people, his city, and his land. You shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king except that, that you may carry off their plunder and livestock for yourself. Set an ambush behind the city. This was not just a suicide mission. Joshua 8.7, You are to rise up from the ambush and take the city. The Lord your God will give it into your hand. Completely different than they did the first time they attacked. This time it's in the Lord's will following his plan, which was 5,000 men were to set up behind the city for an ambush. And then Joshua would lead his forces towards the front gates of the city. When the army of Ai saw Joshua coming, they leave the city, 
Joshua retreats, then the ambush force goes in, takes the city, burns it, attacks it, and they have the whole army of AI trapped from the front to back. Excellent plan. Joshua holds up a javelin, as the Lord said, gave a signal, and he kept that javelin up so the whole city was destroyed. The whole city, 12,000 people, not anyone survived. They took the king. Um, and this time, they said they took the livestock and plunder. See, that's why we can't just assume well, the Lord did this this time. We can't, if the same situation comes up another time, we say, oh, the Lord always says, don't touch it. This time he said, you could take it. So we have to pay attention all the way to his commands and not make our own interpretation or an assumption. And they learned from this that the nation was powerless without the Lord. They now realized with the Lord, after they prayed and obeyed him, they, deep, they depended on him and had two mighty victories. So they put their trust in him, as it says in Jeremiah 17, 5. This is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one who trusts in a man who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. We put our trust in the Lord. When we trust in man, you know, it's getting worse and worse out there. People can con us, disappoint us, and deceive us. I think every week I get at least two of these, either on email, a phone call, or a text message. Thank you for renewing your subscription in Norton or McAfee or this company. Take your pick for $500. If, you, if this is not right, give us a call. All they want you to do is call the number so they can lure you in, get some kind of information, some banking info, and some run to trick you. I met a girl walking the dog the other day. She's frantically on the phone to Bank of America. I go, what happened? I just got her text that said, you sent $300 to Joe Blow on Zelle. If you have a problem, call this number. Well, she called that number. I go, no, don't call that number. Call, call the bank. Well, she did call that number, and she got suckered in for another 300 So it was a double whammy. But eventually, Bank of America honored her claim and she got her money back. But people are just out to totally deceive us. We have to rely on the Lord because he loves us, as we heard this morning. He wants the best for us. And he's prepared a beautiful future for every believer in eternity with him. And he knows the outcome of every circumstance. He knows what was going to happen at Jericho, he knew what would happen at AI when he wasn't involved, and he knew what would happen once they followed his plan. So why do we try to you know, conjure up our own way when we know what the right way is? We just, this was no picnic, we just canceled our vacation to uh, Maui, and we lost the condo and the flight, hopefully we'll get some of that back, but we all felt this probably, because of what's going on, we have some situations with, uh, you know, what people have and the planes with no masks. So we, we didn't feel comfortable with it. So we talked to Adel and 
he basically, he didn't say don't go, but he felt the same way because he wasn't comfortable with it as we were. So we cancel it. If you get an inkling like that, it's probably the Lord talking, talking to us. And we want to rely on him because he can't make mistakes or fail. And relying on him brings blessings. It draws us closer to him. It makes us more dependent on him. And he builds our faith as he comes through time after time. So you flip the coin. If we're going to rely on him for all this, can he rely on us? He should be able to rely on us. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. He gave us all this unique gift, and we have to use it. We have to become available. And if he can rely on us, reliable comes together, and we're reliable to him. As Jeff said, Dean opens a church every day, very early. He's reliable, and he does it. And that's one of his gifts, and in addition to several, many other gifts that he has. And we should never boast on anybody but the Lord. I could just hear these guys after they, if they went into AI the first time. Oh, we did it. We knew it would be easy. They were going to boast on themselves. Instead, they were completely humbled. We can't take something the Lord did for us in the past and we say we do it again in our own way and then say, I knew it. That's the way to do it. We always give the Lord the credit. And as Taylor sang, we trust in him. We trust in you, Lord. You have the final say. You are the final say. No matter what we think, if we know we don't like every decision, we want our own way all the time, but it's best if we don't get our own way. It's best if we do what the Lord says. Amen. Lord, we thank you for today, this beautiful day here. We thank you for uh, this message that you put on my heart. Lord, we want to rely on you, Lord, and not, not on a man. Uh, we pray for the people that aren't here today. We pray for Sylvia. Um, we pray for uh, Alex's uh, daughter and husband who have, have the COVID. It's, it's, Lord, it's out there. We pray that you protect us from this, this virus that just won't seem to uh, dissipate. Um, and we pray for anybody else that I, that I didn't mention. I pray for Adel's back as well. And we just uh, love you in Jesus' name. Amen.